got the joy. I got the joy. I can't. I can't ad lib. Come on, Whitney. You are, Oh, come on. Whitney. You can sing. Let's hear it. We already know you can sing. Come really? on. Yeah. Come on. This is worship. Joy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> really? Joy. Really? 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 I know you can sing Reckless Love. Hey, now. Don't be calling your girl out like that. <laughs> All of a sudden, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sing it, David. You sing it. Oh, my goodness. Guys, this is free wine and unleavened bread. And I am Dalton Locke, James Dalton Locke, as we learned last week. Uh, I also have David Overstreet. That was, that was, yeah, that was tight. I liked that. that was tight. Yeah. And Whitney Williamson. Hey. And Corey Thorpe. It's, it just Corey does, it Thorpe. doesn't even sound it right. It has to be Corey Ann. It has to be Corey Ann Thorpe. Yeah. In a world. In a world. Full of Corys. Where Corey Ann. <laughs> only one is named Had a Anne. second middle name. Yeah. What would your second middle name be, Corey Ann? Corey Ann. Like if you could choose. Parker. Corey Ann Parker Thorpe. Page. Corey Ann Page. Yeah, I like that. Corianne, Renee, Corianne. Renee? Not Renee. <laughs> that was the next logical. Corianne, Saude. 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 Was that on the podcast last week, David? No. <laughs> <laughs> so right before we started uh, recording, David told us that um, he didn't hit record. <laughs> Soon enough. Right after we started recording, I told you. That. <laughs> for the, for the right, podcast right. last week, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> missed some funny bits there, including someone at my work. Her name is Shade, and it's spelled S-A-D-E. Sadie. Yeah, it's basically Sadie, but yeah. And Shade. Anastasia. And Anastasia. <laughs> Those are some unique names. Yeah. Mm. I was like, can I call you Hannah for shirt? Shirt. What? <laughs> <laughs> can I call you Hannah for short? And she's like, nope. Call me Anastasia. Anastasia. Oh. All right. Is it going to be like that? Okay. I'd be like, okay, then you have to call me David Lee Overstreet. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Rather than call me Dave. I tried um, that. You didn't like it. I know. So, exactly. <laughs> so talking I about names, uh, the name of the show is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. And I was hanging with my Ben, my... <laughs> <laughs> I was hanging with my buddy Ben today. Your Ben? <laughs> And uh, he was asking me what the name of the show was, and he was like, didn't you say it's like the Daily Bread? And I was like... Dang it! <laughs> it's so good! Right, that's exactly that what I said. Can we change it? I know, that's good. Would you guys still uh, listen to us as we change the name of our show? Yeah, let yeah us we're going to have a poll on our Instagram, so go follow us if you aren't already. And then, uh, like, answer. Would you listen to us if we were called the Daily Bread? Yes. <laughs> Ooh, or From Water to Wine. From water to wine. Now I remember that you. Yeah. I remember you bringing that up. Yeah. Where was all this a year ago? Guys? Right. <laughs> well, actually, my friend BJ at church gave me the idea. Oh, okay. From water to wine. But that's you guys another should... thing, though. We've been recording for over a year now. Yeah. That is crazy. That is crazy. Yep. Like it seems oh, like longer. It does. <laughs> I also realized today that we are halfway through 2021 already. Oh my word! Like guys, our late twenties are going by quick. How did Stop that it. happen? <laughs> yeah, Whitney's almost 30. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's not get crazy here. Your girl 26, 26 this year. Two six. Yep. I have an early birthday. So I spend the yeah, whole year. Yeah, but you're, being you're already 26 and a half. 
<laughs> Are you trying to die today, dude? <laughs> Man, trying to get sniped. I will give you guys the description of his car if you want to go throw cupcakes at it. <laughs> we'll post it a picture on Instagram. Literally 90% of the cars in this neighborhood are his car, so... Everyone has, I feel like everyone has a rogue. Yeah, that's true. Everyone. I visited my mother um, over the weekend and my stepfather, he, he told me that he's been getting letters. So a little bit of context. He co-signed on this current car that I have uh, because I was, my credit took a huge hit because I was in a bad place. This is all before I came to Christ. Well, well actually I come to Christ, but God was working in a very toxic situation. Um, but anyway, so my credit took a huge hit. So I had to have a co-signer on a new car after my car was totaled. Um, but so he's been getting letters from Nissan saying, hey, we want to buy your car and we'll buy it at 120%. And I'm like, oh, I hate Nissan. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the, obviously they want me to buy another car mm-hmm. too. But I'm like, I hate Nissan so much. But I could finally get a car just me again where I don't have to have a co-signer. Nice. I bet you on their lot they have a used Toyota. Why is your hand up? Well, the like the thing is, is like that would probably defeat their whole purpose, is because like the letter says they they need used cars because they don't have enough to meet their quota for the end of the month. Mm. And so like that would be out the window, but because I thought about that, I was like, I want another Toyota. Like, no, listen, you pray about it, you believe God, honey, and you go do it. Okay, you gonna show up. Okay. It's going to be a Toyota okay. on the lot. She called me honey, and I was oh. just like, oh, okay. <laughs> just to, to, to preface this, I am not hmm? being flirtatious, period. I, I'm just being Nobody funny. thought you were what? being no. flirtatious. <laughs> it, no, it more, it more was like, are Motherly. you a black woman? Like, right. are, I mean, who's going to deny it? Like, aren't they all just very maternal, and they're just like, oh, honey, like. <laughs> whatever whatever no i could agree i could agree with that <laughs> i mean like so we worked in a predominantly like black neighborhood in nashville yeah, yeah. and like all the all the old black women that we yeah. worked with they were so lovely and it's friday baby it's friday baby <laughs> it's tuesday <laughs> okay but they were all just so lovely and just very maternal they had the joy in their hearts. Oh, they they had the joy in their hearts. We'll look at that transition. We'll look at that. <laughs> Your middle name ought to be transition. Oh. <laughs> I was hoping you would say joy. <laughs> Corianne Joy Thorpe. It doesn't ring. No. 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 <laughs> so Corianne like Transition Thorpe, names. though. <laughs> transition <laughs> Thorpe. <laughs> oh, it sounds Anyways. Like, go ahead. This week we are talking about joy, which is the fruit of the spirit. Ooh. It's the second one. If that matters, <laughs> it's the second one. It matters that love is the first one, so it must matter that joy is the second one. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like once you have love, you, you like have joy after that. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Love uh, gives you joy. Yeah. yeah. If you don't love, you don't have joy. Yeah. Actually, I do really feel like it goes in that order. Like first, you yeah. have to have love, and then when you have love, then you develop patience, and once patience is developed, then you start to experience joy. Uh, but patience but is after. Yeah, it's love, joy, patience, peace. What did I or love, joy, peace. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Joy, peace. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, yeah. faithfulness. You need all of it. Yeah. No. You need all nine. All nine. All nine. Um, but yeah, so we're talking about joy this week. And 
I'm just going to go ahead and ask, like, how's everybody doing on the joy department? Mm. Mm. Before or after coffee? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Because it matters. No, no, no. Okay. Actually, something that um, Alicia had shared with me one time, and it, it was at a huddle probably like four or five years ago, if I'm being real. And it really, really stuck with me. Um, but she was like, happiness is, is like fleshly, but joy is something that's supernatural. Mm -hmm. It's something that you have on the inside of you that doesn't make sense because everything around you can be looking not great at all. But for whatever reason on the inside of you, you have something supernatural. You have this joy and it's not determined on any kind of circumstance. Yep. And that really, really stuck with me. Um, but I've, I've been doing a lot better in this area, I'm not going to say I never have emotional moments, but the more that I learn to bring everything, and I mean every single thing to the Lord, the more that I'm finding as I wait on him, I am experiencing more yeah. joy. And it's really odd because when I'm giving it to him and I'm trying to be patient, um, I, I don't feel necessarily joy in that moment. But the more that I let these things off of me and I'm like, you know what, Lord, I just I do want to be closer to you. And the more that I try to have patience with that motive, the more joy I have. Mm-hmm. It's really, really odd, but it's so powerful. That's awesome. Because I remember you coming to me a few weeks ago and just being like, I feel like all my joy is gone. And yeah. I'm like, oh, Whitney, come on. You know it ain't gone. It's Friday, baby. It's Friday, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I think that's awesome. And I think joy, it's interesting because like now we have joy, but like when Jesus comes back, that's like the ultimate joy. Mm. And um, kind of want to take another passage from John. I know we read a lot from that last week, but um, 16, starting in verse 17. Um, so some of the disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying in a little while you will see me no more. And then after a little while you will see me. And because I'm going to the Father, they kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy, and a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time for grief. But I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in his name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Mm. Yeah. Amen. That's Amen. Just like no one can take away that joy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Because I feel like the joy we have now is so, is so like we have to discipline ourselves and it's kind of fleeting every now and then. Mm-hmm. But then like just that comfort of like no one will, no one and nothing can take it from us. Yeah. 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 I think it's interesting how they use the analogy with, um, the woman giving birth because I was talking to, to one of my Catholic friends the other day and he was telling me that in that faith there some belief that like when women give birth that's like God's punishment 
for sin. Like the the fact yeah. that it, it it's yeah. a part it, it's a part of the curse, right? right? A part of the curse. And so I was just kind of thinking about that all week, and then I read that, and I was like, "But then the joy after, mm-hmm. you know." Um. So yeah, just interesting to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Another yeah. one that I really love, um, Psalm sixteen eleven. It says, "You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore." And just as I was reading scripture, um about joy it all just goes back to joy is in his presence and I think a lot of times we try to do things out of his presence and experience the joy of the Lord Mm -hmm. but it says in your presence there is fullness of joy Mm -hmm. and so I just think that's just so so cool amen yeah um another thing is so David you may have already read this verse uh it just may have been in in a different translation uh but I, I provided a quote on our template um, and it's a quote from Jesus. It says, uh, these things I've said to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Um, and you mentioned that like what God gives us, no man can take away. Yeah, that's right. And we know that when we have the spirit, we have the fruit of the spirit. It may not be as, um, sh- as strong as others because we have to strengthen it. We have to be sanctified. But we have that fruit of the Spirit, no matter what, mm-hmm. when we have the Spirit, when we have Christ. And so, you know, that's something that I've had to remind myself um, at times where, like, depression is really just trying to, like, engulf me. Mm-hmm. I've had to be like, wait a minute. I have the power to take captive these thoughts because God isn't going to tell me to do something I can't. Right. And Amen. he's told me to take captive thoughts. And so I have the power to do that. So I have the power to say, this is just a thought and it's temporary. What isn't temporary? My joy. Right. I can choose to be joy, mm-hmm. joyful. It's yeah. interesting how joy is can be a defensive tactic yeah. like that. It's such a weapon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, we get our joy through the Spirit and then the sword of the Spirit, like, just kind of, it's just fitting. You know, like, when you, when you have joy, it's just, it takes so much more to, for the enemy to get in. Yeah. yeah to it your really mind. does. Yes, it does. Right. And and joy, just like forgiving, just like repenting, and just love. like and love. Like it's it's a choice and it gets easier with time. Like at first it's like I'm doing this again. Like why does my joy why is my joy fleeing from me? It is like kind of like what it feels like. It's like why is it so hard to remain joyful? But as you continue to do it, it becomes second second nature. And before you know it, you're not lingering on those thoughts. Yeah. Anytime, yeah, anytime I have, like, thoughts like this, I love Luke 10, 20 through 21, because it says, However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Like, our names are in heaven. That's our destination. Like, nothing here that's temporary is of any importance to, you know, our internal feelings or our internal environment because we are going to heaven. Like there's Mm -hmm. so much joy in that. And then in verse 21, he says at that time, Jesus full of joy through the Holy spirit. I won't finish the verse, but you get that joy from the spirit. Like Mm -hmm. it's not happiness, happiness and joy, not the same thing. Like joy is from the spirit. Like you can't, I mean, I, if you guys agree, like you can't truly have joy unless you have that Holy spirit inside of you. Amen. That's right. And, um, and Alicia, she was, I keep referencing her because this has been such a theme scripture and it's really encouraged me to watch her live this out in her life. But she's like, you know, 
she's really living the verse, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yeah. And and it, it is strength. And like David was saying, it is it is something that is a defense. It's a weapon. It's it's a choice. Mm-hmm. It's something that you don't just fall into. You have to choose. And I think that was really awesome whenever you were talking about renewing your mind and taking thoughts captive. And the more that you do that and you make it a habit to think joyful thoughts, the more joy that you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it really trains you to not so easily go to those places that there's not light in. Mm-hmm. It, it, it teaches you to bring the light with you wherever you go. Amen. Yeah. And so I just thought that was really awesome. I, I want to add in um, a, a dichotomy here. Uh, so I've had a therapist in my past um, tell me that I should just think positive thoughts, that I should like do away with the negative thoughts. Like when they come, I should be like, oh, no, that's a negative thought. Let me think positive thoughts. That's a very worldly advice. And it actually came from a biblical counselor, which is like even more like what? Um, But this is like back when I was in high school and stuff. But anyway, um, so that's very worldly advice. And if you don't have the fruit of the, if you don't have the spirit in you, then what we're saying sounds like worldly advice, like taking captive of your thoughts and then remembering that like your joy is in the Lord it, it it sounds like you're just saying another thing another way. Yeah. But it's it's no in no way the same. Yeah. Yes. Because when you are right with God, and when I say that you have accepted Christ and you are being obedient and you are acknowledging that God is Lord, He is sovereign, and He is your Savior then you have that spirit in you and that spirit is doing a good work in you. And when you are saying, okay, spirit, you do your thing. I'm not going to get in the way. Then that joy is when it becomes supernatural yeah, and it, yeah. it, it surpasses words. Yeah. And so like, I just wanted to make that dichotomy right there. Like this yeah. is not worldly advice. This is not saying, Oh, just think happy thoughts. It, it's not the same. And also I want to, um, dig a little bit deeper right here on behalf of the Holy Spirit. So in we are a three-part being. We are a triune being. So there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, in Thessalonians 5.23, just to reference Thessalonians 5.23 to reference Scripture, it says the Bible teaches us that we consist of body, soul, and spirit. May our whole or may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. So here it also talks about us being a triune being. So when we're saying be led by the Holy Spirit, we're not saying be led by your emotion. Um, you have your mind, will, and your emotions, which is the soulish realm. That's your soul. But you have the Holy Spirit that comes to live on the inside of you. Mm-hmm. And to the carnal mind or to logic, that's not going to make a lot of sense. Actually, I feel like that's why a lot of people miss God when they read the Bible because it's not meant for logic. It's not meant for your mind as much as it's meant for the heart. Mm-hmm. And it really breaks down things in your heart and it convicts and reproofs and teaches. But we are a triune being. And so when we're talking about being in his presence and being led by the Holy Spirit, there's so many denominations and churches that never were taught about the Spirit of God. So they continue to not teach the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, it trips them up. They get a little freaked out if you ever talk about praying in the spirit or praying in tongues, but there is scripture for it. There's not scripture against it. It actually says, if you uh, blaspheme the Holy Spirit, that's the only sin that's unforgivable. The only one. 
Um, but if you want to look up or look more into the Holy Spirit and what the church, the embodiment of assembling together is supposed to look like, um, I just want to encourage our readers to go read Acts. The book of Acts, when I first read that, I'm like, why did no one ever teach me this? And because churches are operating without the Holy Spirit and they're just operating with the law, that's where you get the judgmental. That's where you get the the churches that are lifeless, that are, you can go to a church that will lead you and and you won't get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, it needs to be the word. It needs to in- include the entirement of who God is, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So make sure you guys are also reading the word for yourself. I know you probably have heard me say that before. Sorry for the side journey, but the Holy Spirit is our help. That's where we get our power. That's how we ha- operate in authority. That's how we commune with Jesus. That's how you have a successful relationship and pursue God. And it will make sense. That's so good. So I just wanted to uh, preface that for you guys because it took me a long time before I ever really had anyone teach me about the Holy Spirit before I looked into it myself. So make sure that when you're being taught, there's at least two scriptures or more to back up what someone's teaching you. Yeah. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so good. Um, I think kind of jumping back on the, what you were saying, Dalton, about joy, I think that a lot of joy um, sprouts from hope. Would you guys agree with that? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people who are kind of in the mindset of like a depressive mindset will, will say things that kind of point to they don't have hope. And how would you guys, what advice would you guys give to listeners to give them hope, which then would give them joy? Like if they're in just a, like if they are getting, if they're in the early stages of getting to know God, mm-hmm. finding that hope, finding that hope. I think yeah. a big, like one big part is knowing your identity. Mm-hmm. So really seeing and searching out what God says of you is a big thing. <laughs> Bible handoff. <laughs> Sorry. Bible Whitney and I are sharing a Bible, but we're also across the room from, from each other. Um, <laughs> So, I'm sorry, Corianne, what did you say? Um, I said identity. So, knowing your identity in Christ. Yes. Um, As for me, I would point them, honestly, to the book of Jonah. Really? Like, I'm going to be talking about Jonah a whole lot because, one, I love the prodigal, I can't talk. What is going on? (laughs) The prodigal prophet by Timothy Keller. It is such a good in-depth study of the book of Jonah. But also, we are studying the book of Jonah in church right now. And so, like, it's just, it's on my mind, it's on my heart, and y'all going to hear it. <laughs> it's Friday, yes, baby. <laughs> um, but, so, the book of Jonah, I'll just, like, preface it for you. Why am I in Matthew? Um, <laughs> 774. Oh, there it is. I had Boom. my ribbon on it. <laughs> wow. Um, but, so, the... Everybody, when everybody thinks of the book of Jonah, they think of the the fish. Right. Like, because it's like, oh, like that's, that, I don't know. Sunday school lesson. Yeah, Sunday school lesson. It's like, you, you see a picture of a fish and you're like, oh, Jonah got swallowed by the fish. Yeah, I know this story. Uh, the fish is a, such a minor detail in this story. It's not even funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That just made me laugh. <laughs> it's not even funny. It's not even funny. <laughs> don't you, don't you dare laugh. 
um, but so God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh and to preach to them that like if they don't turn from their wicked ways, then God would would destroy their city. Um, so Jonah is like, not going to do that. I'm going to go to the other absolute other direction. And so he does that. He gets on a boat with some pagan sailors and he uh, sails to Tarshish. Uh, there's a big like supernatural storm. Like even the pagans are scared of this and they spend their time out on the water. They know what a storm looks like. And they're like, uh, this ain't no normal storm. Um, yada, yada, yada. Like Jonah gets thrown off the ship, uh, gets swallowed up by a whale. And like, this is God, like this is God rescuing Jonah from the depths of the water. And, um, Okay, uh, chapter two uh, is Jonah's prayer while he, like while he's in this situation. So obviously he's writing this afterwards, but uh, I just want to read it real quick. <clears throat> so then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish, saying, I called to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. But you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy, holy temple. I don't have my glasses on. I need those glasses. Uh, the water closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the, from the pit, O oh Lord my God, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love, but I, with the, joy, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Um, so in the beginning of this prayer, he's talking about being in the depths of Sheol, but he, like, he hasn't even gotten to the part where he's thrown into the water. And so um, the way that one pastor puts, puts it is that, like, this guy was depressed because he was running from God. Like, he was in mm. a bad mind state. That'll preach. And, like, it, even, like, when he's in the boat and they're dealing with this supernatural storm, all these pagans are freaking out and, and Jonah is sleeping. And some theologians, they call that the, the sleep of sorrow. And what that is is where, like, you're just you just want to escape, mm-hmm. and so all you do is sleep, and that's a big thing with depression. It's like it, it one of the big symptoms of depression is sleeping, because you just want an escape, and so the, some theologians they call that the sleep of sorrow. Uh, they theorize that that's what that that's what was going on there, um, but then he goes into like, and then you cast me into the sea. Uh, and I'm driven away from your sight. Um, but the thing is, is that God didn't cast him from his sight. God was there. And he rescued him with this fish, right? Um, so the point that I'm trying to make, and I know it's a long-winded, po- long-winded point, but for somebody who's dealing with depression, one, are you running from God? Are you, do you know what you're supposed to be doing and are you not doing it? Mm-hmm. Two, I have this in my notes from this morning. Um, 
God gives us grace that we do not deserve. So even when we do run from him, he's still gracious enough to rescue us. The thing is, is we're not going to experience that full measure of grace until we acknowledge that he is God and we are not. Mm -hmm. That he is sovereign and that we are not. That we should obey his holy command. And so to, to really wrap all that up, God, he gives common grace to all of us. We all deserve death because we all have sinned, the whole world. And he gives a common grace to the whole world so that, like, nobody experiences that penalty from their, from their sin. But then there's a special kind of grace that goes to the believer who repents and acknowledges God as for who he is. And when we experience that grace, that's when we experience the fruit of the Spirit because we accept him for who he is mm. and what he's done. That's so good. And so, like, that's that's really what I'm trying to get at there. So um, the two major points from my sermon this morning, uh, not my sermon, my pastor's <laughs> sermon, <laughs> um, were uh, pray out of desperation and then pray for deliverance. Jonah prayed out of desperation, and then he was delivered. Mm. He prayed for deliverance. And then after that, praise God. Like, I'm not saying that, like, just arbitrarily. I'm, t- I'm telling you, praise God. Sing hallelujah and proclaim Christ to those who don't know him because they are exactly where you just were. Right. Mm-hmm. They're in the depths. Yeah, They need rescue. And God has called you out to go and be that vessel of rescue so that they can come to know Jesus Christ. Yeah, that, and that's the thing that a lot of people I see, who some people who have conquered those demons, they kind of move on. They don't think about, like, they're focused on the joy and how much it affects them, but, like, mm-hmm. other people need that joy. Absolutely. Yeah. Joy yeah. is contagious. It is. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Just like if you have a coworker and somebody comes in the room and they're in a bad mood, and kind of bring this funk, and you could start out in a good mood, and then they say something to you, and all of a sudden you're like, ugh. Yeah. Joy carries that same influence, but I think we so easily let go. Mm -hmm. We let go of it, and if we hold on to it, it'll start affecting the room. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Like, I want to challenge both the three of you and then our listeners. Whatever place you go to that you just, like, enjoy going to recreationally or, like, say, a coffee shop or anything of the like, Go in there with a heart of joy. Like, you don't have to say anything, like, significant to the people working there or the people that you come into contact with. You don't have to have anything, like, rehearsed. Just go in there knowing that you are saved, you are free, and that you don't have to be down and out. Yeah. Go in there with that attitude and express that attitude through the way that you talk to them, the way that you engage with them. Like, just have that, have it written on your face. And see if they don't start smiling. Yeah. And like, it's like we said, it's your spirit. And so in that spiritual realm, even if they're not saved, like the spirit feels it like mm-hmm. from that other person. Like, yeah. Do I make sense? Yeah. I feel like I can't explain that, but. So you're, it's, it's to the point where you're overflowing mm-hmm. with joy and people get to experience that joy that overflows from you. Uh, quickly. I know we're kind of running short on time, but, um, how would you guys recommend like maintaining that joy? If you have someone who is just resistant, who is very 
like let's say you come into that situation at work where someone's in a really bad mood and they it's like people who are joyful annoy them Mm -hmm. how would you guys go about handling that actually that's happened to me i can't tell you how many times and a few weeks ago when i talked to dalton about not feeling joy it was probably because of that Mm. um people acted annoyed with you like being joyful yeah, sometimes um, people have, actually, I'm not even going to, all right, I'll say this to benefit somebody listening. There have been times that I will be happy or I'll be so excited or just have a lot of joy and it will actually get on people's nerves and they will say I'm too much or I'm too extra or I'm too this. Mm-hmm. And if I don't think about what they're thinking about me, I maintain my joy. Right. And if I think about what's going on in their heart, and why they might be having a bad day, and I become more concerned with what's going down on the inside of them, I maintain my joy. When I become concerned with how they view me, mm. I lose my joy. Yeah, And it mm. comes and goes just like that. It's all about your focus. If you ever stop for a moment and look at it with your mind and wonder what you look like, you will drop your joy. Mm. But if you continue to look on the things of the Lord and see into the, to the spiritual and see the condition of the heart and pray on behalf of that person, your joy will, will not, it, it will stay with you and it will be your strength. Amen. That will preach. So like, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, it's so true. When we start focusing on ourselves, that's, that's when we stumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to say too, you can, you can still have joy and be sad. You oh know? yeah. I, I just wanted to make that clear just so people aren't like, Oh, joy is only if you're Bubbly and happy, like uh, you, I, yeah, you can be you sad and have it. There is a couple at my church right now. There, it's a young couple. They've already experienced uh, one miscarriage, and this past week they experienced another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one was graphic, like it was premature labor, Aww. and the the baby was only they had just found out the gender. That's how that's how far along they were in the pregnancy, and just I won't go into the details. But it was graphic the way that this happened. And my heart just sank for these two, for these for this couple. Um, but they like they have been so open and honest about their grief and yet have expressed their joy in the situation. Mm-hmm. And that is supernatural. Yeah, totally. Like that is of the spirit. <laughs> I saw what you <laughs> That was, was the same pitch. Though. I was listening to a song on a way on the way here, and I think it was like by Tasha Cobbs, but it was Redeemer. Mm-hmm. And when you were telling that, I was just thinking about how God can redeem back so much more than whatever you lose. Yeah, and it's impor- all of it's important to Him. But you asked us at the beginning of what was supposed to be our closing point, <laughs> and we just keep talking to you guys because we just love it so much. Um, but you asked us to you know, say something that would give people hope or what would we say to encourage them? And I just wanted to share with you guys in Isaiah 55, 11, it says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. And I just wanted to say to our listeners that God has spoken a word concerning you and that it will, his words don't fall to the ground. They aren't empty and they do not return void. But it is your responsibility to take him at his word and to trust him in this place mm. and to be obedient. One thing I would say to you guys that would have had me be on course a lot further probably would have been to 
know who you are in Christ, but obedience. I feel like a lot of believers, whenever they're new to Christ, they have the zeal and they have the faith to move mountains. You see baby Christians coming in, getting prayers answered in five seconds, and you see people that have been walking with the Lord for a long time and having doubts. And that's because new believers have a lot of a lot of faith. They believe God at his word. They're excited about their relationship with him, but they fall off because they lack the obedience. Mm. And the people that have been in it a long time have been obedient so long and what they think is right that sometimes they forget to exercise their faith and it starts to get weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you need both. You have got to have both if you want to be powerful and successful in your relationship with the Lord and see other people in your life set free. You have to have that relationship and that faith, but you must hold on to your obedience. Yeah. Watch your relationships. And just a side note on that. It's like the emphasis there, like for somebody like me who has struggled with doubt before, like I just need to make sure that like everybody notice knows that the emphasis is on the obedience and not the doubt Mm -hmm. because being obedient despite the doubt is still faith. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the, there was even the the apostle who said, Jesus, help me in my unbelief. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Jesus is like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and so it, it's not the doubt. It's the obedience despite the doubt. Yeah. And so just, guys, have faith, have obedience, and have joy. And when you feel like you don't have it, ask God for it. Because he is a good God and he gives good gifts. Amen. Amen. Guys, praise God. Praise God. Guys, next week, we're going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Peace. Peace out. Peace out. Are you saying peace? Are you saying we're going to be talking about (laughs) peace? You're going to leave him hanging. We're going to leave him hanging. Man, what are we going to be talking about? Next week, we're going to be talking about peace. Peace.